Welcome to Stroked, the art of mental simulation, where we touch subjects at depth that most people aren't willing to go. We keep it really raw, honest, transparent. We don't hold back. What you hear is what you get. We speak straight from God, straight from our soul. And man, get ready. It's time. Man, that song better. I don't know something about it. Every time I hear it, I don't know, it gives you hope for a better tomorrow. Anytime I'm feeling low, anytime I'm feeling down. Something about that song, man, does something to the spirit. It said uh, music is a direct connection to the soul, a lifeline, and I believe that, man. For anybody that want to check that song out, it's called Better by Hezekiah Walker. It's also in the description if you look into it. Got to give, gotta give everybody their props. <clears throat> this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental Health Awareness Month. And me personally, I think... We should be aware of mental health year-round, 365 days a year, 24-7, because it's a big issue. It's a big problem. Um, they say, statistically, sorry, one in five people are dealing with mental health issues at any given time. So if you have a group of people standing around and it's five people, at least one of you are dealing with some type of issue. And most people are suffering silently. Because, you know, I don't know, I think it's that word crazy that has been branded upon it that makes people afraid to, you know, kind of show themselves. You know, they stay locked in that closet, show themselves so they suffer alone. Um, That word crazy has too much power, way too much power we've given it. It has people people afraid of seeking help. Um, I think we need to get rid of that, man, starting today. We got to get rid of that word crazy. I try to be mindful of it. You know, jokingly, I say stuff like that all the time, but, you know, it's kind of hindering people. So uh, things only get power when we give it to them. That's people, words, situations. So we got to, you know, get get control of that stigma. Um, People are, thoughts are rushing. People are feeling low. People are having these things going on inside of them, these chemical imbalances within them. And they're afraid to share it. They're afraid to seek help. They're afraid to go, you know, speak to a therapist. And when I tell you, you know, some of these things, that they're life-saving, man, especially speaking to a therapist, life-saving. I want to um, be very transparent right now. For, like, an entire year, for a month, every month, entire year, I, I had to go see a therapist. I was dealing with some issues I tell people all the time I have PTSD. You know, they laugh it off. They, ta- you know, they take it as a joke, but it's real. You know, mental health is real. You know, we go through situations that are real, and it came about. I spoke of an accident I had. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I had a car accident. It was raining. It was snowing. Sorry, it was snowing outside. I think it was that big snowstorm of 2014. It was snowing outside. I was going 15 miles per hour driving down the road, and it had some black ice. So I hit a patch of that black ice, and it spun me into the oncoming traffic. So I grabbed the wheel, and I spin it back in the opposite direction that I was going, and I ended up going off the side of the road in embankment. Uh, we went off the side of the road in an embankment. It was like five of us in the car, and it was one tree that caught the car that held us up. One tree, it was a big opening, a big clearing, in the south, we call them a bayou. I'm not sure if that's what they call them everywhere, but down here we call them a bayou. A giant opening and one skinny, tiny tree that was there. One tree that was there that actually uh, held the car up. And all I can remember is 
when I was going over the side of the embankment, the one thing I shouted out was, God, I don't want to die. And it was like this brief moment. It was like a split second where in my mind I felt like it was over because we was going over the side. And when I came to, we were lodged onto that tree, that one skinny tree. Mind you, we went down forward, but the back of the car was on the tree, and we was kind of lodged up at an angle. Um, the back window was shattered out. The glass was gone. Uh, the car was the thing that got me is the car was going down forward, but it ended backwards because I believe if the car had landed forward at, in the direction that we were going, I would be dead because I didn't have on the seatbelt. So me shouting out to God, I really feel like that saved my life. But it did change my life. That's the day that death became real to me. Before that, you know, I was living life freely. The mind of a child, I was a little younger. So, you know, it was just happy-go-lucky. Nothing mattered. You know, you hear about death, you see death. But that day, it became real to me. And that day is when the issue came about with the PTSD. When I would drive on interstates, I would drive on roads, I would drive on highways. You know, my heart would start beating fast. Uh... My thoughts would start racing. I just have visions of vehicles coming over, knocking me off the road when it rains. You know, I, I have, still have issues when it rains. When there's any kind of inclement weather conditions, you know, I still kind of freeze up a little bit. And that's all the PTSD caused by that accident. But for a long time, you know, I wasn't really going anywhere. No one, no one knew that. You know, I stayed home, mostly on the surface roads. I live in a city where they have interstates. You know, some people live in the country or whatever. So, I, you know, I stopped going places. I stopped traveling like I want to. It started affecting my day-to-day life. And, you know, it was becoming a problem. It was becoming an issue. So it finally got so bad that I said, hey, you know, I need to go seek help. I need to seek help. Something's not right. Something's going on. So I actually went to go uh, see a therapist, and I spoke with her. And I actually, you know, just getting it out. Just saying it to someone. You know, a lot of people are afraid of things. A lot of people are afraid of, uh, I don't want to be on medicine, and I don't want to be considered crazy. But it's a lot of different methods to help you out. But just sitting there speaking with her, you know, I must have covered my entire life in 30 minutes, just like I was dying for somebody to talk to. And sometimes just getting it off your chest is, you know, it's all help help enough. But at the end of the day, we just got to seek help because these things are real. You know, I develop anxiety because of it. Uh, I think... Danatophobia, we spoke about it before, as death anxiety. And that's what I was dealing with, you know. At any moment, you know, I, I became afraid in the world, like thinking something could happen to me at any moment because I didn't have any control over it. So when we have these things that we're going through, we can't, you know, just suffer alone. We can't suffer in silence. You have to do something about it because just like with physical health, if you stub your toe, you break your leg, or you, you, you're diagnosed with cancer, you go get help. But when it comes to something mental, you try to do it alone, and, and that's not always the case, you know. Sometimes you can. Sometimes prayer helps. Sometimes just only medic, a meditation help. But sometimes it takes a little bit more than that, you know. So I, I went to see her. We spoke. We talked. You know, I was getting better. She actually asked me to um, – she gave me some homework just so people can have a dive inside of what therapy is like because, you know, some people haven't went. Some people are afraid to go. She gave me some homework because I speak about God a lot. You know, I'm really into the Bible. And she said, hey, uh, next time you come back here, she was like, I want you to look in that Bible and find some scriptures that can help you with your anxiety and all the things you're going through. See if it has some biblical scriptures about it. So the next time I saw her, I came back, and I actually had the scriptures. And she was surprised. She was like, you actually did it? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, you know, I, I came here for help, you know. You know, I really, you know, want to get help. 
But she was surprised because everybody doesn't always do the things they need to do. So I came there and I read the Bible scriptures and it, it gave me some comfort to help me out. You know, even when we don't have any control, you know, God has control or whatever. You know, we can't control life or death. You know, that, that's all in God's hand. And then on top of that, I was seeing her because, like, not long after that, my father had a heart attack. And he was like Superman to me. You know, he is Superman to me because he's still alive. But, it, you know, it was a life-threatening situation. It scared me because my father, he always worked out. You know, he was always like a strong man. You know, he's the rock of the family or whatever. So that kind of scared me. His heart went out. So I'm like, if his heart went out, you know, he works out all the time. Maybe mine can too. So it's like when you get in those spaces, you grasp on to anything, anything negative. And that's the space I was in. So uh, people didn't know. I uh, For a while, I wasn't sleeping well. I had insomnia. In my mind, I'm thinking, like, my heart is about to go out. You know, my heart's going to go out. I'm going to pass away in my sleep. So I found myself jumping up out of my sleep, almost like I'm reviving myself, like trying to control the beat of my heart. So it, it got really bad. So on top of the PTSD situation, then the situation with my father hit me too. So I was I was really at a low. And when I went to her, the situation we talked about uh, with my father was, she was like, um, Tell me about your father. And I was like, well, man, he worked out, you know. He lived life great. He's strong. He's always going. He's always on the go. And she was like, well, what did he eat? And I was like, uh, I don't know. You know, he's from Mississippi, a country man, eating, you know, country food, cornbread, bread, beans, and rice, you know, some of the heavy stuff. And she was like, well, how do you eat? And I said, I, I eat pretty healthy, you know what I'm saying? I, um, I had, A while back I had already tried to get a grasp on my health because I know it's some health things that run in my family. She was like, well, you eat pretty healthy, and he didn't eat well. She was like, maybe if he did all that other stuff, maybe it was his eating habits, you know, that, that stopped it. And you were already doing that. And it's like a light bulb went out. It's like an aha moment. I was like, yeah, I am doing something about it. Yeah, you know, I am eating healthy. And then it's like just that moment where her telling me that, all that other stuff disappeared. And I got ease, and I got comfort just from that. You know, she taught me breathing exercises, she taught me, you know, how to stop and process things. You know, I've spoken to her before when it was like people in my life or situations that I could control or people in my life that were triggering me that I didn't know that those people were my trigger. She actually said, hey, every story you're telling me, everything you're speaking about, she was like, this person, you keep bringing this person up. She was like, maybe this person is your trigger. And it hit me. It was like, wow, you know, maybe they are. And so it's just like they can give you a different mindset. You know, you get, a, you get a chance to dump everything on your chest, everything on your soul out. So, you know, we can't be afraid of therapy. We can't be afraid of getting help. And at the end of the day, if you're worried about someone telling you, telling your business or telling what you talk about, that's a lawsuit. They'll get sued. So, you know, you're able to pour out anything on your little heart to them, man. When I tell you it feels great, it feels amazing, and more people should utilize it. I always wondered, like, every year they always say you should get an annual checkup. You should get an annual checkup, physical checkup, physical checkup. But you never hear people saying you should get uh, go see a therapist annually. And I think that's just, just as important that, you know, you speak with somebody, even if you're not going through anything. I mean, we watch movies, and you see those celebrities and movie stars always sitting on the couch, always talking to their therapist, whatever. You know, they're just getting it out. You know, sometimes it's overload. Life can be an overload. We have a lot of things we're going through. We have a lot of things we're thinking about. We have a lot of things we're worried about. Uh, mind you, some people's uh, mental uh, ailments are a little more severe than others. 
Like I talk about anxiety, I do have anxiety. And some people, you know, medicine is the way to go. A lot of people are afraid of medicine. But I will say this, because I, I actually have anxiety medicine. I have anxiety medicine that I take as needed. They give me like a 30-day supply, and it lasts me the entire year because it, it's literally take as needed. So throughout the year, I might not ever use it, but I might have a situation come about where, hey, I, I feel like I actually need it. And when I spoke to her, I said, hey, you know, I, I don't want to be on a medicine feeling like a zombie, you know, feeling all discombobulated. And so I was like, I don't know about that. She was like, no. She said, well, I'm going to give you, just going to relax you. You take it at, at sleep time, and it's, it's like the equivalent of Benadryl. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. And I tried, and that's exactly what it is. I just sleep peacefully, and when I wake up, uh, my mind's all clear. So there's ways to do that. You know, you communicate with them. If you do go there and you have a severe ailment where you need medicine that may alter you a little bit, try it out and try it out. And if you don't like the way it makes you feel and you don't like the results it's giving you, you communicate with them. You communicate and tell them, hey, this is not working. And guess what? They'll try something different. Then maybe they'll try another prescription. Maybe they'll lower it. Maybe they'll, you know, give you a little bit more. Or maybe you'll come to find out you don't need medicine at all, you know, just talking about it and just getting into perspective and learning more about what it is. Because a lot of times we're suffering with things that we just don't know what it is, all right? So it's probably a small fix, but you're so afraid. And sometimes I stop to think, like, why are we so afraid to deal with things that's going on within us? I know it's because we can't see it. You cut your arm, you can see the cut or whatever. Um, you go get diagnosed with something, you can see the results. The doctor can kind of explain it to you, whatever. Because it's not seen, I don't know, and we're keeping it hidden. So, you know, we kind of kind of got to speak about these things out loud so more people won't be afraid. <clears throat> maybe, you know, maybe also if we change some names of some of these places, you know. They got Oakwood uh, Behavioral Institution or whatever. <laughs> that kind of name will scare you. I feel like they're about to do a scientific experiment on you. Maybe they use a little more, you know, some names a little more upbeat, a little more welcoming. Maybe, you know, maybe people be more open, you know, to go to these places. Um, a lot of people use prayer, meditation. I will always say this, you know, I'm a big believer of prayer. I'm a big believer of God. Uh, but they always say faith without works is dead. So, you know, just because you pray to God don't mean that's the only thing you do. You actually have to work towards it. You actually have to won't help. You actually have to uh, play your part, man. So you got to do the work. You got to get help. Uh, if you see somebody in your family suffering, you know, reach out to them. Because, you know, man, we got so many families. And I'm speaking for myself because I'm African-American, man, especially in the African-American community. It's so many people, it's so many families that have people in the family that's suffering right in front of our eyes. We see them going through it. We see something not right. You know, they're like, oh, they go crazy Johnny in the corner or whatever. You know, that's just what Johnny do. He talked to himself, you know, they, you know, we ignore Johnny, leave him in the corner, you know, let him suffer because we got in our mind. We don't want to call nobody for Johnny. We don't want to uh, get him sent to a hospital or something because, uh, you know, we, we think we're doing a disservice to Johnny by having somebody pick him up and take him to a place where he could actually get some help because it's that stigma on it. Or I don't want to be known as the family that has someone in my family that that's quote unquote crazy or whatever. When Johnny is just suffering and dying right in front of us, man, his his brain is deteriorating right in front of us, you know. Those, like, our brains have neurons and electrons and all this stuff firing off inside of them. If something can go wrong physically, why do we believe that something can't go on physically? I mean, mentally? You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. We're composed of both. So, you know, we see these people, we see these things, we can't feel bad by going and get Johnny help. You know, send Johnny off. They keep Johnny for three to five months. 
you know, they're giving Johnny what he needs, something that we can't give just by looking at Johnny. You know, saying we make him talk to Johnny or whatever, but sometimes it's more severe than just uh, talking to somebody. You know what I'm saying? But if you have people that you can see going through stuff like depression, they say depression is the number one uh, mental health illness that people deal with. Depression, uh, they say more than 300 million people deal with depression, and that's when you have these lows, man. These lows where you sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed. You just don't know why. You're just super sad. And you don't know the reason why you're super sad. And a lot of people are dealing with this, and they're not saying anything. They're just looking at it as just, you know, I'm just sad. But deep down inside, we all know when something's wrong. We know when it's too much and it's out of control and it's too much to bear. So we kind of got a grip on this. We kind of got to get a handle on it. And we got to do a little bit more about it, man. We got to save ourselves. You know, stress, all that can um, play a part in depression. You know, um, when you around people that are stressing you all the time, triggering you all the time, that can play a part in it, man. You're around negative people, negative situations. I mean, it's killing you slowly. It's a lot of people who've died just from stressing out. Like I've had people who had family members die, and they couldn't get over it, and they were grieving so much, and they had so much going on that they became severely depressed. So, it's, you know, we deal with a lot of things in this everyday life. So if we try to take a handle on it, take control of it, and do the things that we need to do, I mean, like I say, get rid of the stigma. At one time, man, when I was, after that accident, just dealing with everything, death, afraid of, you know, everything, I was living in a uh, not a, a so great neighborhood at the time. And at one time, that neighborhood was way worse. You know, it used to have killings, all kind of things in it. So with me dealing with all those issues and me living in that situation, it was another thing that played a part into it, man. It's like once you're in that hole, it's like everything starts filling that hole up. And that's what happened. People used to, you know, walk past inside of your apartment. You could hear people walking past at night, walking past at night. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, paranoid, you know, death is near. So like you never know what another person is going through, man. So we have to be mindful of that. Let's educate ourselves. Let's reach out to one another. Let's not call each other crazy when these things come about. You know, we got to be a pillar for this, man, for our kids. Man, um, kids are... Dying at an alarming rate when it comes to suicide. I don't know if they're they're a little more exposed to things in this day. Uh, they're a little more sensitive. I noticed that about the kids in my family, man. They are a little more sensitive, maybe because everything they're doing is on display. You know, whether they're school, whether whatever they have going on, there's always a camera up. Something's always always recording. So I think these are some talks we need to have with our kids. If you see your kid is changing, you see they're going through something. I mean, take them to a therapist. Get them some help. Let them speak with someone. You know, maybe they'll share with someone else what they won't share with you. So, you know, we, we have to take these steps to do these things, man, because, uh, man, I don't even know. Just just being inside of that space, I can remember it like it was yesterday, but at the same time, it feels good to be on the other side of it. You know, I can feel it coming on now. Like if I have anxiety or feeling a certain type of way, I can feel it coming on now. You know, I'll, you know, meditate. I'll pray. I'll work out. Working out helps too. You know, I do all these things to help myself out, and at any moment, I'm not afraid to grab that phone and set me an appointment to go see a therapist. So, you know, we we got to get on it as a community, as a world, man. We got to get on it, man, because certain things that we're dealing with, we don't have to. Uh, if you have a headache, you take Tylenol. If you, you have a cold, you take Theraflu. But when it comes to something with your brain, you just sit there and you just let it happen, man. You let it happen. You try to deal with it on your own, and then it becomes too much. You know, we have a lot of these killings, school killings, all this stuff going on, and 
And it's a lot of these uh, people are dealing with mental illnesses. They don't know what to do, how to process. You know, their brain is telling them to do something. Um, I have something that I think sometimes, I don't know, like when people shoot up places and they're severely mentally ill or or they do these bad things and they label it as evil or whatever, you know, what if they've been dealing with these mental health issues and no one did anything about it? Like, like I say, we just watched them, watched them suffering. What if some of these things could be avoided? I think if we tackle these issues a little bit more, a lot of these uh, uh, big things that happen, these uh, travesties that happen, you know, they could be avoided, man. Sometimes just hearing somebody out, just listening to them, things can be avoided. But let's not close our eyes, man. Let's not close our eyes. Let's open our minds. Let's want to be healthy all the way around, not just one way, not just physically. And let's get a handle on these things, you know. I mean, we have one life to live. Let's max it out. Let's be the persons and the versions of ourselves we're supposed to be. Let's take care of ourselves, man. Let's live these lives, I mean, one step at a time. And uh, I'm, like you said, I'm trying not to keep you guys long on here. But I, I really feel like a part two coming on to this. I feel like it's a little bit more to dive into. But I'm glad you guys sit here and listen to me. You know, I hope some of the words I said kind of, you know, somebody grasped onto it and kind of help them out a little bit. You know, help them to step out and actually go get help or seek help or help another. You know what I'm saying? Me being transparent, that's what that's for. You know, I, I don't care what I'm labeled as. I feel good. I feel great. You know what I'm saying? I have my moments. But I, I seek help within those moments. You know what I'm saying? I get outside of myself, and I don't mind going out there. And if anybody, you know, want to talk, anybody need help, I'm not a therapist. By all means, I want to say that, you know, go seek a professional if you need help. This is just me speaking about my experiences, things I may have studied, things I may have read about. But if anybody ever want to reach out, you know, I'm always here to listen. Always here to listen. You can DM us. You can... Uh, you can go, you can email us anonymously. You can create an email address anonymously. If I don't know anything, maybe I can help point you to some resources. Uh, our email address is www.strokedstrokedthepodcast at gmail.com. And that's strokedstrokedthepodcast at gmail.com. And reach out. Don't sit there alone. Don't suffer alone. You don't have to be alone. It starts with us, man. Let's heal. And as usual, you guys know what just happened to you. You just got stroked up. Bye.